seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hey Rob, you alright mate? You had a good week mate? Yeah, smashing mate, yeah. Good win on, on Saturday and uh, went to Switzerland on, on Sunday as well and watched them win, so uh, yeah, I've had a nice little rugby league weekend mate. Yeah, Salford back to winning ways this week. The only person we can have on after a bounce back like that is bounce back himself, Richard Lowe, right Richard? Hi Rob, hi Paul, we're alright fellas. Hey mate. Looking for another week of talking all things all for Red Devils. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. It's going to be good. I'm well, well chuffed that we won at the weekend. So yeah, it's going well so far. Cool. What have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got the, uh, the review of the Huddersfield game. We've got the amateur report. We've got the news. We've got big interviews with Chris Browning, and we've also got Ian Watson in, in coach's corner. And we're looking forward to this Friday's game away at Leeds. Yeah, and then also we're going to be talking about our Player of the Year awards, your nominations, and make sure you get your votes in. We're going to set up a poll, but we're going to talk about that later on the show. So what we'll do, we'll start off with a victory against Huddersfield on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, so for Red Devils, back to winning ways on Saturday. They beat Huddersfield 52 points to 14, Paul. Great win. Yeah, it was a great win, Rob. It was it was a much needed win, and it was a confidence boost. And when I saw the two team lineups at the start of the game, I didn't expect to see on the wildest dreams just to put fifty points past Huddersfield the way we've been playing. But I thought we came out firing, didn't we? We came out similar to the Wakefield game, but things sort of went our way. I thought we managed the game really well. I mean, you could have argued Gareth O'Brien kicking that penalty goal early on was a sign of a side low on confidence, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was a good decision, wasn't it? Because we scored sort of straight after it so we got off to a good start and uh, built confidence and we seem to get our mojo back on Saturday as well yeah all the all the top 8 games we played this season Rick so far against you know top top class opponents the likes of you know Challenge Cup winners Challenge Cup semi-finals league leaders things like that apart from Wakefield but you know first game we've actually thought you know this is a winnable game for us and we won yeah, yeah, it's about time as well, isn't it? It feels like a long time since that last win. So uh, it's, it was well worth the, the wait, though, because the 50 points past, uh, past any team in the Super 8s is a really good result. Um, I thought we played, we liked, we had our mojo back, as we said, um, and it, it looked like a team back, coming back into confidence. I think those first, those first 10 minutes or so, uh, when we got our noses in front, um, the confidence just seemed to flow after that, and we cut out the silly errors. Um, I noticed th- probably three or four silly errors in the first half against Wakefield last week. Um, they weren't there this week, and we just piled it onto Huddersfield. And uh, I personally think o- O'Brien was pivotal in that. I think he controlled the game really well, and I think he um, he bossed it, and uh, he was involved in most of the tries, uh, first and second half. So um, he certainly played very well. And but the team looked like a team who was uh, who was back in confidence. 
um, about the silly errors, just doing the basics right. Uh, and, and fortunately, um, that's uh, that's the team we want to see, isn't it? That's, uh, that's the team we want to be supporting every week. Yeah, talk about the team, Paul. Uh, you know, Ian Watson shuffled his deck, didn't he? A few positional, pain, positional changes. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah, it changed it round a bit. Nine levels at fullback. Jake Bibby came in on the wing. Greg Johnson pulled up injured. I think he got an injury late on on Friday, I think, the day before. So, uh, Jake came into the side. Chris Wellham, Junior Sauer, Manu Batterbein made up the back line. Robert Lewis was at standoff. Gareth O'Brien came in for Todd County at Scrum Half. Uh, Craig Copjack, Logan Tompkins, Wella Haraki, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Josh Jones and Tyrell McCarthy made the pack up. And on the bench, the Warren brothers were, uh, were on there with Chris Browning and Ryan. No Todd Carney. Um, Richard, what do you think of that? Gareth O'Brien came in, did well? It freshened it up, didn't it? Um, I know we've, we've stuck with Todd for the last few weeks uh, since Dobson's been injured and, and Niall at the back uh, and O'Brien coming in occasionally. But I think putting O'Brien in the, in the half seems to, have, uh, seems to have sparked it a little bit there. I don't think Huddersfield were particularly at the races. I think the, the coach said that. But um, I think we, we bossed it enough uh, to suggest that maybe Niall could... Uh, now could stay at fullback and O'Brien fit in the halves quite comfortably. Um, so it was very encouraging that for for next season. Anyway, if you look forward, uh, certainly with Dobson leaving and stuff. So yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, it's a really encouraging performance. That shows the depth we've got. Paul obviously O'Brien can slip in in the halfback pairings, but he has played there before. He had you know quite a bit of time there at uh, Warrington before he came to us, and you know showed he's got some t- nice touches. Yeah, so well, Gareth O'Brien was an halfback. One, he's only played fullback since he's come to Salford. So, you know, he played played halfback at, at Warrington when he was on loan at Castleford and St. Helens. He played halfback as well, and he's, he's got that. And I thought he kicked he kicked well on uh, on Saturday as well. His goal kicking was good. I mean, that's something we've missed the last few weeks. I mean, Todd Carney was a bit hit and miss in the games he played uh, against Wakefield. He missed a few, didn't he? So, Gareth O'Brien, he seemed to slot in well. Um, there was good performances all round. I, mean, I thought Junior South played well on, on uh, Saturday. Set Manu Vatavai up. I mean, sometimes Junior gets criticised for not passing the ball as much as he should, but he put Manu Vatavai in for a couple of tries there. And uh, what pleased me on Saturday was the ball movement. If you watch some of the tries, but you know the amount of pairs of hands the ball went through for some of the tries was, was tremendous, really. And I mean, you know, it really was great ball movement. And we seemed to have that sort of, as if someone had t- taken the shackles off them on, on Saturday. I thought and we played with a bit more freedom. And the players had smiles on their faces, and that, that was the big difference from the week before. Yeah, two tries for Chris Wellham, his 100th career try and his 101st. Um, Richard, you know, great, been great for us so far this season, and fully deserves that 100 milestone. Yeah, he, he's been uh, certainly the middle part of the season when we were winning all those games. He was pivotal in that, he was key. Uh, went off the boil a little bit, didn't he, in the early part of the Super 8s, but. Uh, I think he had a rest and he, he's come back refreshed and uh, it looks like the proper centre, the centre we signed originally. Um, I think, like, go back to what Paul said, the, the two aspects for me that improved was the uh, spreading the ball about was, was brilliant. The distribution was, was a lot better. But that was after we'd, we'd earned the right to play. We'd, we'd got a few points ahead. We'd got our confidence back and we started spraying it around a bit and it paid off and we scored and scored and scored. You just see Huddersfield heads went down. And also the defending as well. A lot of the uh, out-wide defending for me in the last few weeks has been has been pretty poor. Um, but I think we, we threw a, a, their winger, I can't remember his name, into touch at least two times when he was heading for the uh, heading for the corner previous weeks you'd see him go over so something's changed something's happened there maybe that was Bibby back on the wing after a few weeks out so it, it looks it looks very good and also getting the ball to Batify uh, I mentioned it last time I was on 
I think we need to pass to him more. I'm sure the tactic isn't just to throw the ball to Manu and hope for the best, but like you said, Sauer's distribution to, to Vatavai and the timing of it and stuff has allowed him to get in twice there, uh, giving, him, giving him more in, in dangerous positions. He's going to do more, isn't he? He's, he's, he's a brilliant player, so uh, I think all round we, we did very well this week. Yeah, confidence is a strange thing, isn't it, Paul? You know, 34 up at half-time, you know, people are excited again. Yeah, they certainly were. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good, solid first half. I mean, disappointing to let Jermaine McGilvery score right at half-time because up until that, we'd we bossed the game, really, haven't we? I'd just like to mention Jake Bibby. I thought Jake was excellent coming back into the side after a few weeks out. You know, Jake, to me, he's probably not the quickest, and they follow me the first to admit that, but the, the yards he makes after the first contact is pivotal. He makes so many yards going forward and attracts defenders and... Uh, he came up with a try-saving tackle as well with nine levels in that second half. Thought he worked really hard in defence, and he's a player that's sort of really improved again this season. He was good last season, but he's, he's gone on to that next level. And, and that commitment was there in defence, as Richard just said. There, you know, goal line defence was good. I think Gene Arms with the winger, he was thinking of Richard. I think it was yeah. either one was at Warrington. I think it was a couple of times. I think the, the first one I thought he should have should have gone down low. Really he seemed to go. But like a, a fancy dive, didn't he? And got taken out. It was good defence from us, but uh, but yeah, the first half. I mean, if you go off completion rates, I think our completion rate was pretty good. There wasn't many errors. We didn't give many penalties away either. It was probably uh, one of the best first halves we've had all season. Yeah, Rob Louis instrumental as well. Rick, you know, he's, he's kind of put that mantle now. You know, obviously with Dobson uh, sort of retiring, injured, and, and Todd Candy not in the squad. A lot of pressure on his shoulders, but he came up, you know, smelling the roses, didn't he? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's all credit to him that we didn't we haven't even mentioned him in the first bit of the uh, the podcast because he was he was he's brilliant nearly every week. Mm. Uh, win or lose, he, he tends to turn up for us. Uh, but yeah, he was particularly good this week, uh, very strong, and, and he seemed to skip a lot more as well. Take it to the line before passing it on, or <coughs> taking it and, and going through, challenging uh, and going past the line. Um, and like Paul was saying, there's a big shout for, for Jake Booby as well. I think he came in and, and did very well. So uh, as long as you get that uh, that consistency, one three thirteen, doing giving hundred percent, I think we're going to win more games than we're going to lose. And as it turned out last week, uh, it, was, it was very very encouraging. Yeah, Paul, you spoke to Chris Brandon after the game, and this is what he had to say. Right, Chris Brandon has joined me. How does it feel to get that win after after such a long time? Is it? It must be a buzz for you boys in there tonight. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think I mean, we've had it coming. We've, we've had some bad performances, but I think in this period we've had we've had times where we should have won. Um, so it's nice that it's just come together. Everyone's stuck to the game plan and it's come off. Passes and things seem to stick today, didn't they? And the confidence started to flow there earlier, and you got that early lead, and you seem to put Huddersfield under a lot of pressure there. And you know the confidence went on as that first half sort of progressed. Yeah, I think some of the skill that you know Gaz, I thought he played really well in the half today. I thought he was outstanding. Um, you know Robbie and, and now I thought we were really good. <laughs> Not about a couple of mine, but um, but yeah, I thought I thought we were good today. I thought we were on Leeds away next week. You support Leeds, don't you? Or your family? You've got a family who support Leeds. I remember you telling me at the start of the season so that's probably a big, big place for you to go. Big stage at Headingley. Then I mean, you expect you can you can get a result there next week. Definitely, especially if we play like that and we you know we stick to the game. But I think that's one thing we haven't been doing. I don't think everyone's been buying into what we've we've set out to do. And you know today we have, and it's you know we've come up with the win. How important is it for you and the boys now to, to get those the last couple of wins and, and to finish the season strongly? Because that's such a good season early on. You don't want that to go to waste now, do you? Yeah, it's massive. We need you know we, we go into every game wanting to win, and we expect to win. So it's really hurt us these last few weeks where we've been coming into training after you know some poor performances and 
practice and concentration and it's just nice that it's come together but we can't stop here we need to make sure we keep going hard in training and you know knock off uh, leads first was there a sense of relief at the end of the game today because you waited quite a while for that result yes and yes and no I suppose we have a win but no, we believe we can win every game. Like I say, we go into every game looking to win. You know, we don't go out there to you know, perform bad. It's just sometimes things don't come off. But I think we've got to really use this as a platform and kick on from here. Well, congratulations today, Chris. Thank and you. Uh, best of luck at Leeds next week, mate. Cheers, pal. Thank you. So, that was Chris Brining talking about the victory, Paul. And, uh, you know, he was fully focused on the challenges ahead and quite happy with that result. Yeah, it certainly was. It's been great to see the the progress that Chris has made this season, you know, since signing for us. We mentioned that before, and we stepped up from you know two leagues up, you know, coming from uh, League One. And you know, despite that little injury that he got, that seemed to give him a bit of a setback. He's he's come back from that now, and he's doing really well. And uh, yeah, he was really chuffed on on Saturday, and that was made up for him. Yeah, obviously, Richard. You know, coming from two divisions below Super League, you know, he's, he's bridged that gap, and he's going to have our better players this season, haven't we? Oh, he's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think I've sang his praises on numerous occasions. Uh, from the from the bench, he comes on, gives us something different from Logan. Uh, he's been nominated for Rookie of the Year as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. This this year, so that's really good. That shows how much uh, how much people are sitting up and noticing him. Actually, uh, he's done he's done really well for us, and uh, I don't think we'd be uh, where we are without him. And he scored some important tries for us, and he's, he's set a lot up. So. Yeah, big shout-out to him. He's, he's very good. Yeah, still only young as well, Paul. You know, he's got a great future ahead, possible, you know, England international for sure. Yeah, certainly. If he carries on making the progress he's making, Brad. I mean, like I said, before he had that setback with the injury, and that seems to take a bit out of him, but he's, he's a classy player, and he's, his distribution of the ball is good. He's a good defender, very good defender. For the size of him as well, he's not the biggest of all. He's very strong upper body as well. He can score tries. You know, he's got the pace off the mark as well. He's got everything. He's got all the attributes to be be an international looker if he carries on making the progress. And you know, he's signed a good deal with us, so hopefully we're going to see see the best of him. Yeah, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Ian Watson joins me after after the victory. I'm, I'm so pleased to speak to you after you know after the last eight weeks. It's great to get yeah. to talk to you after the win. So, how do you feel after that today? Is, is it a relief for you? Yeah, it is. It is in some ways. Um, look, we we knew it was going to be eight, um, tough the super eights for us, uh, and, and we knew we were going to have to learn very quickly as we go forward into it. And I, I've always maintained that. I've always said that, and we've always had it as a group as well. And also, well, we've always been willing to learn from it. We've always wanted to try and be that top four team, and maybe it's something that we've maybe piled a bit too much pressure on it's like this week we spoke about just let's focus on us let everyone else worry about us let everyone else worry about where the table is and where we'll finish and where we might end up I said let's just focus on us and get our jobs right and if we do our jobs right we'll be successful on the back of that and that seems to have worked for us this week as well so that's maybe the mentality just take that pressure away a little bit and just focus on us and what we can do as a team Did you do anything different in training this week you know the approach to the game? No no. Um, was it more relaxed or because you said there you didn't look at the no, table was, or anything is it? Yeah no it was it was in, training is pretty intense to be fair we kind of demand that with the standards within the boys and the boys kind of drive that as well and they are very good at that it's like 
we've had some outstanding sessions there, like over the last seven weeks, some really good ones. But then when we've come into a game, we've just not really transferred it in. Today we've really transferred it in, and we've stuck to the game plan and we've nailed it. Um, that's probably credit to our spine as well, um, to yeah. all the players really. They, they've done a great job there at sticking to the game plan and nailing it for us. You made some changes, and there's quite a lot of young players out there today yeah. as well. A new halfback combination. You yeah. must be proud of how the young lads went. Yeah, I'm re- really proud of what, what we've turned out today, really, with all the changes, because it's always a risk when you when you change personnel and when, especially when you change your spine. As with the team as well but it, for me it was worth that risk today we've kind of we fell away over the super eights and we needed to learn and one thing that you know from the young guys is they'll give 100% and they'll have a dig and that's all we're kind of demanding at the moment is that we have a dig here and then see where it kind of takes us now um, Gaz O'Brien's come in slotted in the halves and he's done a good job of guiding us around the field a little bit and then his kicking game on the back end was smart as well Rob Louis thought was outstanding for us as well and then both nines and obviously Niall at the back as well because we've got good players in there they're just the young and to get to be playing at this level it takes time there's a, and I've said it before there's a, there's a process to get there um, you've got to be realistic sometimes in kind of where your ambitions are yeah we've, we've a million pound game last year and this year yeah we've massively improved again and this season's still kind of alive for us of where we can finish but, but we know it's um, there's a work in progress here to get where we want to get to to be that Castleford or be that um, top team that like Hull for example like when they came in the it's, like, it's about it's about going forward and developing as a club and as a team more than anything and the young lads that play for us today have, have done a great job and like I say I've learned loads over the last seven weeks they'll have learned absolutely loads over the last seven weeks Two of the newest signings as well, Tyrone McCarthy and, yeah. and uh, Manny Vassavai, I thought were excellent today. But another lad who I'd like to mention was Jake Bibby. I thought yeah. he's, he's first contact, the yards he makes after that first yeah. contact, he works so hard. You must be really proud of his efforts. Yeah, he's for a young lad as well. Yeah, he's unbelievably strong. I think Jake's outstanding, mate. Absolutely. Um, Try saving tackle as yeah, well. Yeah, him and Niall, Niall come over the top on that one after he smashed Gene in the touchline. But I just, Jake's had an outstanding season for us, Jake. Um, his kind of cue for us as I talked to Jake about we're trying to get him 10 games this year so his development can be better so then as a club because we don't have an academy and stuff like that so we want to be better as a team um, going forward the only way we do that is by getting the young lads to be a better level we'll only do that by playing games so our key was to get Jake about 10 games this year Jake's gone above and beyond as well so he's developing really nicely so the next year like he is now he's a genuine first team player will you sleep a bit easier tonight than after that well hopefully yeah <laughs> he won't get his leads away next week how do you yeah. coach that one I mean well, is it just a case of attacking these next two games now and, yeah. and just seeing where you can finish yeah it's, it's focusing on us um, taking the pressure off of not worrying about where we're going to finish um, like I say it's go, go to Leeds and we'll be confident of going to Leeds went there early on in the season as well when they played us here they give us a bit of a smacking to be fair they taught us a lesson there, though, yeah, me, they taught us a lesson to be fair though on how to play um, and play real quick what we've got to do there is go confident and pose them our own problems as well and I'm, I'm confident we will challenge them on Friday they're going to switch I think they're going for second place now aren't they so yeah. I know Wigan have gone up there as well so they'll you're not going to get an easy ride now St. Helens no. won well these, these are the big games that are good for us as a club to, to be involved in you, you don't get to be this level of player unless you're involved in these games as well so the more we're in these games the better it is I know as a group we will be definitely here again next year the the improvements on it for, are for what we do in these next few weeks really and see where that takes us and um, like I say focus on us and let that take care of itself well congratulations on an excellent win today uh, Ian and best of luck at um, Leeds next Friday I'll see you there mate oh, cheers Paul cheers no problem so that was Ian Watson looking back at the Huddersfield victory Paul and you know after a few weeks of defeats coming back with a win you know long long sleep on uh, Sunday night after that? 
Yeah, never mind a few weeks, Rob. It was a few months, really, wasn't it, without a victory? So, yeah, he was he was pleased here, and I was pleased by him as well. It's, it's been hard, you know, interviewing him after defeat after defeat. So it was just a nice, refreshing change. But uh, it was a bit noisy at the interview. There was, there was two ladies sweeping up the grass in the tunnel, and that, that's that noise you can hear in the background. So we uh, really got swept away on Saturday afternoon. But yeah, I was delighted for Ian, and uh, back to winning ways. And we've got a tough job this this Friday at Leeds, but. Uh, it's another game we can we can get something out of, I think. Yeah, done a great job this season, Rick. And, you know, us fans, we look at him and think, you know, this team, with him in, in charge, could go very, very far, couldn't it? Yeah, I think now now's the time of the season, really, you start taking stock of where you've, where you've been, where you've gone. And uh, he's taken us, you know, to the semi-final. He's got us in the Super 8s comfortably with a top four finish. Um, so, really, you can't complain about the job he's done. We're, we're a small squad. Um, I think he's... You know he's he's, re- he's he's reinforced where he can, but uh, we're still short on a few players, and he gets get a few injuries, and you're going to have a dip in form. I don't think anybody expected us to lose as many games as we did uh, consecutively, but uh, that's not that's not his his fault. There's certain things he can't control, isn't it? And so uh, he's done he's done the best he can with the, the squad he can, and, and that's been a brilliant job over the course of the season. So yeah, uh, he's he's brilliant for us, and hopefully he'll he'll be staying for a, a good few uh, few more seasons to come. Yeah, talking about small flow, Paul, attendance was only 1,405. Huddersfield uh, aren't the greatest fans when it comes to travelling away from home. I know we had the Man City and Man United play at the same time, as well as Salford City, and you know our attendance was a bit low, don't you think? Yeah, it was a bit low. I, th- I think you give credit to the Huddersfield fans. Oh, they, they never stopped singing, did they? I, mean, I, I was talking to one of them on social media, I think he said, what did he say they were banging? No, it was a bell, I think they were banging. It was cowbell. Cowbell, right? Yeah, constantly yeah. banging. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, they made a great atmosphere. I mean, I spoke to a few people on, on, on the social media, and you know what I'm like, Rob, when it comes to crowds, and that I don't like talking about attendances, and I don't like criticising because supporters that go to, to, to games, the supporters that are there, you can go to any game in, in the rugby league or Swinton, Batley, Whitehaven, or whatever. They might be small in numbers, those supporters. But they're there every week, and they're very passionate people, and, and you can't slag them off. And I've heard people slagging on this field's crowd. Yeah, they don't get many, but the guys that they do get, they're proper rugby league supporters, aren't they? And we've got supporters like that. There's 1,400 of us there. Yeah, it's not many, but that's up to the club, I think, now, to, to look at that. And, I mean, there's factors in that. I mean, I've got my own opinion. You've both got your own opinions on it. And There's two sides to the coin, I think, with me. There's the marketing um, of Salford, been poor. I think the dip in form has been poor. I think the uncertainty around the club um, and rebranding and all that, I think that affects people. I think there's that view in the mindset of people thinking the season's over. You know, you've got the City United thing as well. And then if you turn the coin on the other side, and you can see it from the club's point of view, we got to a semi-final. There was 5,000 supporters there, 5,500 or whatever. Where are those supporters now? You can see where they're coming from. They're probably thinking, well, where are they now? And I, I always go back to that last game at the Willows. It was full. Where were those people when we played Cass in that first game at the, the new stadium? So there's a lot of things that can go into it, Rob, really. But I was disappointed with that crowd. But and then at the end of the day, I wasn't that bothered because I, I did my bit and I went and so did you guys. So I don't know. I think there's, there's an awful lot of things to look at there and it's, it's probably up to the club to uh, to look into it more than us. Yeah, I suppose the club did reach out, Rick. You know, they'd have the golden ticket for the juniors and, you know, they showed idea. Like you said, the attendance was low, but we had other factors outside that which affects it at the end of the day. 
Yeah, but I think you can always you can always blame other outside factors like like the City United. Is is it uh, is it always that that's the the problem? I mean, a few week, a few weeks ago it was the August holidays, so people were off. And there was no football on them, but people were still off. You know, straight. It's 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 an awkward one, and I agree with Paul to some some extent that um, you look at it from the the marketing point of view, and that they are doing stuff. Um, but are the supporters looking for an excuse not to come? I mean, not winning in eight, you know, in eight games is a perfect excuse. If you're not that bothered to to turn up, then why why am I bothered to turn up now when we're probably going to lose? That kind of negative kind of uh, reaction which is which it shouldn't be uh, but the guys that were there the people that turned up the lads and lasses that were there uh, are the vocal ones They're, they'll always be there um, you guys I know and, and myself as well uh, I took I brought a mate with me um, and he's he's going to as many games as he can so um, I think we can continue to do that and like I said before uh, the, the bigger picture now if we look over the whole season it's been fantastic so you want to keep that up but I don't I don't know what they can do um, stability maybe is is a very big thing for for the fans. We need we need to know what's going on, um, and then we can look forward to next season and and then you know adjust accordingly. Get get the fans in by some of the marketing and 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 put it forward that way and um, and build on it. Build on this season. Make a big deal of the fact that we were in the Super Eights and and, try, and the semis of the cup and, and try and get to, try and get more people people through the door. Um, I do think attendance has been up on average from last season but uh, where are those people at this this last week um, it's, it's frustrating from both sides yeah I think, and, uh, I think the key the key word there uh, Rick what you said was stability I think mm. that is that is massive I mean <clears throat> I keep harping on about it and I keep, people are probably fed up with me saying it but I keep going back to that Catalan game you know earlier in the year when we got 5,000 I think against Catalan yeah. I know we let people in the free and this, that, and the other. But around that time of the season, we were doing really well. We played Warrington on that Monday, and there was a real buzz. We created that buzz by the way we was playing, but the way we was doing things off the field, there wasn't like negative tweets all the time and things like that. I don't know. That negativity seems to have come back in, and, and that can affect the crowds. When, when you're building something, it sort of snowballs, doesn't it? And people get interested because it's exciting, and they see what's going on in the picture, so they think, wow, let's go and let's go and watch that. But when I don't know when the club put the figures, the attendance figures on. They, they break them down. Well, they were doing and putting them on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. And I don't, it was, it's loading ammunition, that really, for other supporters. So I have a pop at us and, you know, the average supporter on the street is going to think, well, I'm not going to bother going there. Nobody was watching them anyway. So, to me, you've got to, you've got to market yourself, haven't you, and build yourself up. Don't knock yourself down and say, oh, look, we're poor solver. We're only getting 1,400. Why, why do that? Let's be more positive about what we're doing. Don't tell people the stadium's but it's hard to get to because it's a fantastic stadium. It's a brilliant stadium. We all know that. All right, it might not be in the right place, but I'm sick to death of people saying it's hard to get to. I live in Boston. My dad lives in Rochdale. It's a long way for you to go, but if you want to go and you love the club and you want to support the club, you'll go. So to me, that's an excuse. And, and all this about being on the car back for half an hour after you. I think, I think it's a lot of rubbish. I think you've just got to buy into it. Now, we're at that stadium. It's a good facility. You know, they're getting them roads done. And, and once those roads are done, it'd be easier to get out. But I think sometimes there's, there's, there's too many excuses from people. Mm. I drive in from Warrington and, uh, and pick my mate up on the way in and, and leave the car 15 minutes walk away. I mean, we walk in. It's, you know, it's not, not that difficult to do. So, yeah, yeah. There shouldn't be really too many excuses. Yeah. I, I, I just think you've got to invest. That Catalan game you talk about, Paul, they invested in that, didn't they? they? You know, they marketed it well. You know, with signs and 
you know, um, all kinds of things, you know, getting out of the bubble in the city and, you know, if you're yeah. going to do that for the big, for games like that, you've got to kind of show a similar kind of level. Time. Yeah, you basically. You've got to do it. You've got to do it every week. I mean, you can't just, just do it once and then, because people forget about it. There's that much, there's that much stuff goes on now in, in Greater like, I'll just compare this now, right? You've got Castleford. Say they're getting 8,000 people. This is no disrespect to Castleford whatsoever. Castleford is a, is a smallish sort of town. There's nothing else really that goes on in that area. There's no real major football team apart from Leeds United, which is down the road, and maybe Bradford or whatever. But Manchester's a totally different place. Manchester's all for this greater Manchester area. to sort of Castleford and Wakefield. You've got a big cosmopolitan city next to you with two major football teams and the biggest teams in the world. You've got all sorts of other sports teams. You've got loads of rugby league teams nearby. So we're competing in a massive market for people, aren't we, when you're thinking about it? There's a lot more things to do in this area. So... If you want to get supported, we've got to battle as hard as we can for every single supporter. We can't just, I don't know, put a poster up or, or go out in a van telling people to go, you've got to do it properly, you've got to invest in it. Otherwise, it's never going to work. And the sooner the people at the club realise that, the better. Because they did it for that cattling game and people came. So, you've got to do that every week or, it's, or we're never going to progress. I suppose it's a cooperation between us fans, Rick, and the club. To kind of get together and promote it, obviously the club have the you know the the money and the marketing budget to hopefully you know get us outside the bubble. But us fans, if we do our bit, you know we we've got consciously clear at the end of the day. I, I think we said that before. Yeah, it's a, it's a two pronged attack, isn't it? So as long as we're doing our bit, like I said, I'm, I'm bringing my mate and uh, and we're we're shouting from the stands and, and we're doing our bit around the uh, the region and the fans do that. United, you know, as as a as a fan base, we, we need to grow that uh, by by the fans as well. But yeah, the marketing needs to be in place from the as well. uh, from the top as well. Yeah, I think I suppose with the season tickets, they'll be coming out shortly as well, Paul. Our top eight finish, semi-final and Challenge Cup. If the club kind of can suck that, you know, positivity about what happened this season and deliver it to the people outside the bubble, you know, people might want to get involved and engage with us and then we can go from there, can't we? Yeah, of course we can. There's a lot to be positive about rugby. It's been a good season. and There's some good players on our side, isn't there? And I think we've said it before, we've not got the biggest squad in the world. And like Richard said before, I think, I'm not saying we ran out of steam in the start of the, start of the Middle East, but we seem to get injuries to pivotal players, didn't we? At, at certain times, Michael Dobson got injured, Mark Flanagan got injured. And there were guys that, and Lamataz as well, there were guys that were sort of pivotal to how our season had gone. So obviously next season, we could do with one or two more because our squad is quite thin on top. We've got no reserves and no under-19s to dip into either so I think there's a, a, a lot to be positive about but I think you know, with one or two signings perhaps next season we could go on to that next level I suppose it's a learning curve for both the playing side and the administration side of the club because obviously you know these super eights you know they had sort of pinnacle of our season at the end of the day and you know if it happens again next season do you think the club would do it differently Well, you hope they'd do it differently and you know go big on every game yeah yeah, agree completely. I think the um, we're looking back to maybe this time last season, we were we were really struggling, really really struggling, weren't we? I think we were uh, maybe even fourth or uh, we just lost to London. Yeah. And maybe this time last season, something like that. So you contrast that with with where we are now, and we're still talking not negatively, but we're still struggling. We're still saying, you know, we need to do better. We need to learn from this. Um, but yeah, just look at look to where we were last season, and um, I think. What we could have done again last season, that the when we did the uh, when we won the million pound game, there was such elation 
Um, I don't know whether we could have grasped that at the time because I know I was excited to get my season ticket. Um, seeing Gaz O'Brien on the front of it, you know, with his arms out wide and thinking, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. So we need to we need to harness the feel good, um, whatever these last two results come, Leeds and um, and Saints. Whatever happens, we need to harness the semi-final feel good factor. We need to the, the Catalan game that was, you know, the, uh, the feel good factor after that. All all the, the runs that we've put together in the season and, and the way Watson's come, big signings, Vatavai, etc. So we need to harness that and make sure that that gets out to to everyone and really sell the club uh, that we're actually going forward. Yeah. Last year we were in the million pound game. This year we're super eights and semi final. Who knows what we'll do next season? We've got the core of the same squad, and we'll add to it. You know, positive, 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 and get that get that out there. And who knows where we'll what we'll be saying this time next year. Yeah, we're not being I don't feel like we're being negative, Paul. It's just it's about being constructive at the end of the day. You know, if things go wrong, you know, we'll, we'll come out and say, look, this isn't good. Let's try and do it this way. And you know, it's all about engaging, I think, with the club and you know, they're open to that I think as well. Uh, and hopefully together we can move forward and grow the club to the biggest club it can be. Yeah, definitely. And and marketing's a, a very important thing these days, Robin. I mean when I first started watching Solver, I mean I don't know how much marketing they used to do then because I don't know it's, the game's changed in the last sort of 30 years hasn't it? and you've got to get out there now as I said before because there's that many different things going on and you've got social media now and your internet and all that I mean 30 years ago we didn't have any of that did we so it's just newspapers and magazines I suppose wasn't it um, so there's a massive audience now it, to capture and marketing's an expensive thing isn't it and the only thing I'd like to perhaps I'll ask you guys this question do the people at the top of our club are they prepared to, to put that money in to market the club good question that's a good, that's a massive question for me obviously you do need money to make money in this situation and social media speculate to accumulate exactly with, with marketing you know we, like I said with the podcast I can talk about the examples of podcasts we used to put posters up uh, when we used to do it at the AJ Bell Stadium on, around the stadium in the local pubs uh, just to get an idea you know people sort of knew who we were and you know, it doesn't happen now because obviously we've got a you know a, a more of a social uh, media presence as well. Um, but it's one of them, Richard. You've got to mix them both up for me. You've got to do a bit of both. Um, you know, the club there in, with the schools and the local you know amateur clubs and colleges and universities. Um, it's just a matter of keep going, keep doing it. Don't drop off, um, and they will come. They've done that bit right for me. I think yeah, getting in the schools. Uh, I think the the mascot as well as, as helped in that yeah. hasn't it uh, and getting him out there and the golden tickets have been great ideas but don't stop keep doing that um, and just getting out there as, as much as possible and it will cost money and it will take time as well it will take time um, this this week been disappointed with the the, the crowd of course it has but um, it will the whole thing will take time It's you're trying to sell a, a brand that people aren't in it for one game and then disappear that they should be in it for the long term and so it's got to be a long term investment unfortunately and if the guys at the top are willing to do it then they need to do it um, while we're in this you know the, the, the Super 8 and, and the, been in the semi-final they need to do it now and they need to do it for the long term otherwise we're we're just going to stay at 1400 uh, if that's where they want to be then fine but they, they need to do a lot more if they want to push it forward and get a bigger uh, a, a bigger crowd in for the season. Yeah, so obviously let's go back to the, the game against Huddersfield. Uh, statistics, uh, looking at the top tacklers, Paul, Ben Burnham of Salo, 24, 
Joshua Jones with 22, Walaraki with 24, um, forward making big tackles. Yeah, certainly was. We didn't really uh, miss many, I suppose, on, on Saturday. We, we, I thought our goal line defence was good when we were tested and we kept Danny Bruff quiet and Lee Gaskell and halfbacks were just really, I mean, when I saw them on the team sheet, I mean, I know Lee Gaskell was a very talented footballer. We had him at our place, didn't we, for, uh, for a number of games and Danny Bruff can manage a game and we kept him really quiet. He wouldn't have hardly known he was there and, Jordan Turner as well, you know, ex-Salford player playing for Huddersfield and, you know, no disrespect to Jordan, but I thought we, we bottled him up really well and I forgot he was on there in that first half, but, uh, but yeah, I thought we defended really well. I mean, the try before half-time was uh, a bit of a switch off and that one that Ryan Inchcliffe scored at the end was a bit disappointing, but uh, all in all, we tackled well and it was a good defensive display. Yeah, top meter makers, Richard Manu with 148, Adam Warren with 116, um, 79, Wellaraki, 84, Robert Lewis, Niall Evels with 80. Uh, you know, making big metres, obviously Salford had the goal forward uh, and he showed all afternoon. Yeah, we do now in, in Batavai again. We've got that, that winger that uh, that we missed since uh, Carney, haven't we? Uh, who's, who's prepared to make the big metres and, and the, the tough carries, but uh, in the attacking third he was also good this week, so that was positive. Um, did you say Warren got over 100 there? Yeah, 116. Yeah, we're going to miss him next season, and um, I think we've missed him for a number of weeks. I think we've been we've been light on the props, haven't we? Uh, with him being injured, uh, Mossop and uh, Tazzy as well. So it's good to see them uh, putting the putting the hard yards in. Certainly for his last couple of games, we want him want him uh, firing on all cylinders before he leaves us. Yeah, Tyrone of Carthy with ninety nine, Paul as well. Uh, you know the forwards in particular, Tyrone McCarthy took his try well. I thought Tyrone McCarthy had a good game. I did. I, I thought he did alright the week before against Wakefield, but I thought he looked really solid in the Huddersfield game. He's uh, quite a clever player as well. If you think back to the Wakefield game, he scored an opportunist try for a little kick through as well. He's, he's got a good, good, good brain, good rugby brain on him as well, and he can offload the ball. He, he's, he's good in the tackle. He's a strong defender. I think he's a very useful player. He's, he's sort of a bloke who can play in a number of positions. Tyrone, very versatile, and uh, I think he's been an astute signing by Mr. Watson. Yeah. Um, big thanks for everyone who gave the three word match reports and man of the matches uh, we've got a few uh, today uh, Tracy Team Spirits back uh, man of the match was uh, Rob Lewis Chairman Bob Giants blown brooked away huh? blown away uh, his man of the match was Nia Levels Chris and Janet Shenton um, good Team Spirit um, their man of the match was Ben Murnett Masala uh, Paul Ben Murnett Masala getting a few man of the matches there he had a strong game, didn't he, Rob? I thought he had a really strong game. He was good in defence, he was good going forward, and uh, that's probably the best Ben's played for a few weeks. I mean, he struggled with an injury, didn't he? And I think, to be honest with you, I think he was, he, he's, he's, been, he's had that injury for the last couple of weeks, and he's just sort of getting back to full fitness. Perhaps we brought him back a bit early because, you know, we've already got that small squad, but he's getting back to back to full tilt now, and he looks a real handful again on, on Saturday. And uh, I was pleased for him to get over the line to score his try as well. Yeah, Colin Reynolds, uh, more like it. Uh, his man of the match was Ben Murnett Masala. Richard Monton, uh, more pride resolved. Uh, his man of the match was uh, Benny, Mur Benny Murnett Masala. Uh, Wiley, Gaz O'Brien. Uh, Richard P, good win. Uh, his man of the match was Rob Lewis. Uh, Rick, Rob Lewis, you know, played really well all afternoon. He did, yeah, we were saying before. It's, um, I think he got closer to the line. I think he may maybe wanted to take a bit more uh, responsibility in the absence of Carney and Dobson. So, yeah, he marshalled them really well along with uh, along with O'Brien. So, um, I'm, I'd, I'd say O'Brien was man of the match for me, though. You're going for a the match for Gaz O'Brien. Why yep. did you say that? Yep. Why? Why? Yeah. Best player for us. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think to be to be given that responsibility shows that uh, Watson actually had faith in him. Um, I think uh, I don't know what what the reason was for whether Todd Carney was injured or whether he was dropped, but he's obviously been uh, he's obviously been put in there for for a reason. I think he, he got his game plan right. He does he does marshal the defence from the uh, the full back role anyway, and but now he had the opportunity to to put it into practice for for going forward. And uh, like I said, I think he was involved in every try, but uh, but two and. Uh, yeah, he just, he just looked looked like the, the the pivot we were missing for for a number of weeks for going forward for us. So that's why he's got my man of the match. Who was your man of the match, Paul? Well, I've got two. I can't split them. Oh. I had um, I had Niall Evans and Jake Bibby for me. I thought Niall was excellent in defence. I thought he was excellent going forward. His support play was fantastic. He linked up in attacking defence. But I just have to edge for Jake Bibby because I was watching Jake quite closely on. Um, on Saturday, I was talking to, to Steve Rams, but you know the commentator was sat with Steve, and he was saying to me how sometimes he watches certain players, you know, in a game for, for like five minutes, you know, rather than watching the play, just keep your eye on that. But you know, they have player cam on Sky. Well, he said he tries to do that, and I was doing it with, with Jake in that second half. I'll keep behind the play as well, but you know the work he was getting through in defence and just his overall going, taking the ball forward, the meters he was making, the defenders he was dragging, he worked really hard. He did a great try saving tackle and. Uh, Took his try really well, and for a young lad, he's growing in confidence. It's great to see it a homegrown lad who's come through our our system. And uh, so, yeah, I think I'll, I'll just edge for Bibby over Evolved. Yeah, that's good news. Uh, big thanks for everyone who did the three-word match reports and other matches. Salford were victorious; they beat Uddersfield fifty-two points to fourteen. And now, what we'll do? Look back at what. So here's all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. Uh, Craig Copjack has been awarded the captaincy of Wales for the up-and-coming World Cup. Great achievement for him for a great season, Paul. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, he's um, he's been the cornerstone of our pack, hasn't he, this season and, and last season. Really, he's uh, probably been one of the best signings we've made in the last sort of decade. I'd say Craig Copjack. He's he's well worth the money we're paying him. He's he's a great ambassador for the club. I think. Uh, the fans look up to him, don't they? And you know he, he never takes a backward step on the field. He's a very solid performer, really good, good pro. And um, yeah, I'm very pleased for him. And you know, with Michael Dobson going, is, is Craig Copjack going to be a good shout for, for Salford captain for next season? Yeah, he's our reigning supporters uh, player of the year, uh, Rick. You know, fantastic player, um, and obviously being captain of his country, it's a proud moment for him. Oh, it will be. Yeah, he's been Mr. Consistent, and he's. Uh, Fantastic! Scored a lot of important tries for us. The passion he shows as well when he when he gets the ball over the line or puts a big hit in. Even coming out warming up, he always goes over to the shed, uh, claps the fans, and uh, no matter how many he's there, so he's 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 brilliant. He's he's brilliant for us, and, and hopefully he'll be uh, putting a few good performances for Wales as well. Yeah. Other big news uh, looking forward, Paul. Um, Salford uh, and the Salford Red Devils Foundation um, have stalls in the Salford Big Day Out um, at the Swinton Civic Centre on Saturday the 16th of September it's great uh, that both have a presence at such a big occasion for the city yes certainly yeah that's, uh, that's taking place on Saturday and I'm sure it's going to be a really enjoyable day that I presume is Dr Devil going to be down there Rob Dr Devil's going to be there it's going to be a great occasion for all the family Rick and you know we want to be able to get out and reach these people you know I think they're ideally positioned there to have a good go yeah yeah I think we've said this before it needs it needs to happen it needs to happen consistently so yeah as many as family can, can get down there uh, and get to the Salford name out and about 
Yeah, they were in Eccles Festival this week as well, Paul. And it's great, you know, the club are out there doing what, you know, getting out, engaging with the people out there, the fans, the Laps fans. And hopefully, you know, with our success this season, with a decent season ticket offer, uh, they'll come back running towards us. Yeah, certainly. I just hope that they really you know, tell people on Saturday about the, the St. Helens game on Thursday. I know, I know we're looking towards next season, but this season's not finished yet. We've got you know, a big home game to finish on there. I know it's disappointing it's been moved to, to Thursday night, but that's nothing the club can do about that. That's, that's, that's Sky's choice. I mean, it would have been great <coughs> Excuse me, on a Saturday afternoon there. We could have had a grand finale there against the, you know, one of the leading lights in rugby league, St. Helens, but not to beat it's on a Thursday night on the telly, but... I'm, st- I'm sure we can still sell that to people. I mean, it's not quite winter time yet. The lights, the dark nights have not yet drawn in. So, uh, no, let's really, let's really sell that to the people this Saturday and I'll tell them about that game. Yeah, talking about the Saints game, uh, Richard, there's um, hospitality available for fans, £60 per person, including that for a three-course meal, interview with players um, after the game. You know, they're trying to engage with the people and hopefully bringing that bit of, uh, you know, togetherness with the players, you know, is only going to be a good thing, I think. Yeah, very positive again that, yeah, so they've reduced that uh, for the VIP stuff, I might be interested in that myself, payday and stuff, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hopefully encourages more people to get down, that's the main thing, yeah. got to get people down for the last game of the season. I think hospitality is a big thing, isn't it Paul? Obviously it's part of the income revenue stream for the club and you know if, if the fans can buy into that and engage with that, you know who knows what might happen, they might be able to invest, get more money in the club and it grows and grows, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I always thought, you know, hospitality, especially in the Willows, was for sort of like businesses, really, wasn't it? You know, small business, big businesses, people that were coming to the game. But, you know, in 2017 now, you know, sometimes people have got a bit flush, perhaps they've got a birthday or something like that, or something to celebrate, they, they, can, they can use the hospitality. And, you know, from what I've seen, I've not actually been in there and had hospitality, I've had a look when I've been up there with you, because we did a bit of commentary up there, didn't we? And, yeah. uh, they, didn't, they wouldn't open the box for us though, would they? When we did that call, do you remember that? We went up there, we had a box, yeah. but the, the door was locked and the lights were out, but the, the boxes that were open, they looked, it looked pretty good, didn't it, Rob? Yeah, I remember that, Paul, because obviously, you know, we've got to get a Wi Fi signal somewhere, haven't we, Paul? So we were kind of leaning into yeah, one of the boxes, the weren't we? <laughs> Trying to nick, steal some Wi Fi off, off, off someone in the box, but, you know, it's great. You know, I think the AJ Bell, Rick, has lots of great facilities, and the boxes are first class for me, uh, and if people are available to get them, Especially boxes are in the you know the VIP bits you know it's a it's a it's an offer which you can't really turn down for me. No, I agree. I've, I've been lucky enough to have a wander around some of the facilities inside there, and it's uh, it's first class, uh, like with any modern uh, stadium now. Uh, it's right up there. So uh, if anyone can can afford it, certainly with the reductions, and obviously why not? Then they should grab hold of that because it's it's well worth a well worth a visit. Yeah, Ian Blees and Ian, what's been busy? They've uh, met some Salford legends, Paul. Graham Jones, Jackie Brennan, Hugh Duffy and John Cheshire uh, talking all about you know the history of Salford Red Devils and it uh, seemed like they had a good night. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it was nice to see uh, Jackie Brennan there, you know, scrum after 69 Cup final. I mean, uh, I sort of recognise you straight away, you know, from old pictures and that. And, uh, yeah, that's great. I think, I think that's great for your heritage of the club and you know how I, I feel about uh, about Salford's heritage, Rob. I think it's vitally important and and that's great to see, you know, people like Ian Watson, Ian Blees meeting, meeting the, the older players. And, uh, you know, because we've got a fantastic heritage at our club, haven't we? You know, through the, the team of the 30s, the team of the 70s, and, you know, the trendsetters of uh, Friday Night Rugby League in the Willows and the Bright Set and things like that. There's an awful lot to our history, and, uh, you know, we, we need to remember it more than we do sometimes. But that was great to see that. 
Yeah, they've all been invited to come down uh, to the Saints game, Richard. And I think it's great the club, uh, like Paul said, engaging with our, our past to build a better future. Yeah, it's, it's a positive move, isn't it? That The fact that uh, we're, we're still keeping in touch with these guys, uh, making sure that they're in touch with us as well. And uh, it's good for the fans to see that uh, the club's having that interaction with the old players. Uh, and it's good for, obviously good for the players as well, the old players, to keep in touch with us. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's very encouraging. Yeah, very excited about that. Um, lots of things going on, hopefully. You know, the club will learn from this part. They you know, might do it a bit more next season. Like I said, if you're engaging with people, you know, the history, the, the heroes of our club might inspire the, the future generations to try and match them. Yeah, certainly, certainly. I'll be looking out for Jackie Brennan at the, uh, at the Saints game. If he's going to be there, I'd love to, I'd love to meet him. But, but yeah, he's great. I mean, I know my dad's been taking Mike Coomer to quite a few of the games this season. He's sort of been away from it for a while, but he's absolutely loved it this season. I know, like I said, mentioned the week, Andy from Red Zapparel kindly gave him a shirt, a 1973-74 shirt. And there's a funny story, actually, when he gave him that shirt, um, my dad dropped him off. I think it was after the Wakefield game of the week. He dropped him off. And anyway, my mum saw um, Mike's wife uh, a couple of days after in, in Asda's. And, uh, she said that she must have been asleep when, when he got home because uh, it was quite late. She turned the light on and he was, he was stood in the, the bedroom like he put this shirt and he was like cheering in the bedroom and sort of parading around with his 73, 74 shirt and absolutely delighted. So uh, you know, I know he's been really happy with that this season and I'm, I'm hoping he's going to get down to the St. Helens game. But yeah, it's great to see the, the, old, the old stars there. And uh, you know, Alan Grice is often in the, in the VIP lounge. I think he goes nearly every week, Alan. So, so that's great as well. So uh, the more ex-players we can get down there, the better. Yeah, and obviously the Reds Apparel do a great job. Don't they reckon they've got the offer? Uh, they put DITD uh, in the checkout. I think it's 15% you get off uh, your total uh, purchase. And, you know, that's great. They do some good stuff, don't they? They do, yeah. I've had a look around that website. It's, uh, it's well worth a look. And uh, certainly with that offer, 15% off, it's, uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. And uh, it's a great story, that Paul, <laughs> about him. Uh, I just had a funny image that I won't go into on a podcast. But, uh, yeah. Hopefully he was. Uh, he had other things on as well. It's not just the shit. Uh, so that's, that's brilliant. That's, let's hope. Uh, let's hope the club can get hold of that and, and do things similar for for the old guys and uh, and keep that link together. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, you know Mike Coomer, what a legend, Paul. And I'm hopeful. Like you say, he'll he connect with other people. And you know, who knows? He might get the old team of, of '69 back together. Possible. You never know. Yeah, well, a few of them are sadly no longer with us, Rob, but. Uh, but yeah, Mike's a lovely guy. I mean, my mum and dad have been become quite friendly with him and his wife now, and uh, I, I don't really know him that well. I only see him in the games, but he's a lovely fellow, lovely gentleman, and uh, you know, had the pleasure to to interview him last season, you know, for the podcast, and have like sort of an hour with him. And some of the stories he told me, you know, his, his friendships with Colin Dixon and some of the old, you know, legendary names there, or Morris Richards, Keith Fielding, and that. Just some of the stuff he told me was absolutely outstanding. And, you know, I think I think it's great, and like he was dead chuffed with that shirt he got from Andy. And just going back to the Red Zapparello, I was just going to have a chat with you about them guys. And some of the stuff they're making is quality stuff, and it's really good stuff. And the fans have really, really bought into that so far, haven't they? And I know Andy's working on some stuff, and I've been giving him loads of ideas of shirts of you know from my youth that I wanted to recreate. I mean, I think I've got. So there's about six shirts I want doing, the 96 one, the 91, the 90. We say, I want this one doing, I want that, so I don't know what he's going to be doing. But he's doing a great job, him and, him and Tez, aren't they, Rob? And uh, they've done really well. I mean, you've only got to look at that semi-final, how many people had the, the retro shirts on and that. I think um, that's another thing, you know, people really enjoy that, don't they, that part of, the, of Salford. Yeah, it comes like, it's like an identity, isn't it, Rick, end of the day. And, 
you know, having your, your proud sofa shirt. It's all about the heritage and, you know, being able to be proud and, and show that to the people outside the bubble. It's, it's great. Yeah, if you've been a fan for a long time, then you're going to remember, as Paul was saying, he remembers all the all the shirts back then and, and how it felt to wear them and how excited he was to see the, the players in it. You're going to get that uh, from a lot of the older fans, and, um, and they, they need to they need to um, make sure that they they cater for that. And uh, obviously, Red Zapparel's doing it, so uh, all credit to them. Yeah, don't forget though, uh, tickets still available for the Leeds game and a coach going as well. So check the uh, club's website and Twitter and Facebook feed for that. So the final bit of news: we've got Shirley Bradshaw on the show today. You right, Shirley? Hi, Rob. You all right? Hi, Paul. Hey, yeah, cheers for coming on the show. You've got a lot of things to talk about uh, regarding the Rising Stars, the Soul for Red Devils Foundation. Lots going on there. Yes, yeah, the uh, the Rising Stars, the Under-16s Academy, uh, they started back again, end of August. Um, we're just looking at if there's any like-minded fans who would be interested in coming along to give them sort of a bit of a push along and do a bit of sponsorship with them. We're not looking for hundreds of pounds. If anyone is interested and they say, oh, well, I can give you a tenner, that'd be, we'd be made up. But we're having a meeting on Monday the 18th, that's next Monday coming, at 8 o'clock down at the stadium in the foundation room. Some of the lads are coming up after training to have a chat with us. Um, there's, there's about eight or nine fans at the moment coming along who are interested and a couple of small businesses we're trying to have a talk to just to try and get the lads kitted out and so they look the part when they go and it gives them a bit of pride in their appearance and in, you know, in the games, what they're going to play if they, they go and they're all kitted out and what have you. Um, so if anyone's interested, they want to come along on Monday or they can contact me. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm Fiery Red on Twitter. I think everybody knows that at Salford. So, uh, anyone involved in any way yeah fiery red by name fiery red by name. obviously it's great well, you know all the uh, the things we've got look forward to with this uh, rising stars paul you know they are the future of our club and you know if the fans can you know help along the way to stardom that's great isn't it that's yeah, it that's great it's, you know it's, it's really nice you know in a few like when forever red used to help the academy out it was great when you're seeing these lads coming along i mean got people like Mark Snade and Niall and Theo and the Warm Brothers, you know, we, we we sort of helped all them along when we were Forever Reds, when we were fundraising with them. I mean, we're not going as far as fundraising, we're just looking, you know, if anyone's interested in putting a little bit of, you know, sponsorship or even a bit of time into doing something to help them out, it'd be absolutely brilliant. Go on, Paul, anything to say about that? No, I was just going to say, yeah, I think it's, it's a great idea, sure, I think it's really good work that everybody's going to be doing there, and it's something we need, you know, we've not got an academy team now, I mean, you don't want those those young people being being lost to Salford, do you, I mean, this is it. if somebody comes through now at that age, there's, there's no sort of um, progression for them to go on, is there, at our club at the moment, so, uh, mm. so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really important, and I mean, Rob knows, as anybody, I was, I was gutted when we lost the academy last year, I think it's a travesty really, mm. but that's another story. But yeah, I think it's a great idea and I'm going to do my best to try and get down to that meeting. Yeah, obviously, right. surely getting to, you know, training camps for these lads, you know, it costs money at the end of the day and, you know, if we can, you know, raise some money for them, become better players and it's only going to be good for the club and hopefully if we get the academy back, 
in the future, yeah. you get that pathway, don't you? Yeah. I mean, like I say, we we done that little bit of a bucket collection last week, and the lads did, and, you know, through a kind donation off, off a Salford van, a massive Salford van, um, it's enabled the lads to go to this camp in Wales now in a couple of weeks and do a week's training and get together to, you know, for seven days and get to really know one another. Yeah, it only develops, Paul, and, you know, it's a great thing we, we, you know, we're able to raise money and the kids are able to develop in Wales. Exactly. Yeah. Certainly is, Rob. Certainly is. We've got some good supporters at Salford as well, I mean, I'm sure everybody yeah. will, will get together and help out, and uh, it's great news and great to hear that. Find us when this meeting is next week. It's next Monday, the 18th, at about 8 o'clock, upstairs in the foundation room. You're welcome to come and have a look around the museum if you've not been up there, so... Uh, and there might be some good news on the night about um, the film show, what was in the Willow's Memories. There might be something going to happen about that. Ooh, a bit of a tease that, Cheryl. Is, is there something yeah. cooking? Yeah. <laughs> so make, make, yourself, make sure you get down there uh, and support the youth, because obviously they're the, the future of our great club. And, you know, if we look after them, they'll look after us. So that, exactly. was, the, that was the news. Big thanks, Shirley, for coming on. And now, cheers, mate. no problems. What cheers, we'll, Shirley. Thank you. Cheers, Paul. Cheers. No problems. So what we'll do now is uh, look back at what look at what our amateur sides did uh, this week with Paul. Twenty four hours a day. Radio contact. Right, well, I'll start this week's amateur report as ever with the National Conference Premier League. Rochdale Mayfield had a good win. They beat uh, West Hull by 30 points to 12 on Saturday. Former Salford uh, player Callum Marriott scored a hat-trick. There was also tries for A.D. Gleeson and Jack Francis. That victory keeps Rochdale in third place in the Premier Division, four points behind Thatto Heath Crusaders and nine points behind runaway leaders Siddle. In Division 2 of the National Conference League, it was another tough afternoon for Salford City Roosters. They soldiered through another 80 minutes with just 15 men and had Craig Smith... Simbin for disputing a decision so we know they're doing it really tough this season and they stay adrift at the bottom of Division 2. Saddleworth Rangers match against Bradford Dudley Hill was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Division 3, Dewsbury Moor Maroons 28, Oldham St Anne's 24. And the fixtures for this week are as follows. These games will all be played on Saturday the 16th of September. In Division 2, Crossfields play Saddleworth Rangers. Salford City Roosters play Millham and in Division 3 Clockface Miners play Waterhead Warriors and Oldham St Anne's play the Stanley Rangers. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League, there was quite a lot of no results and postponed games, so I'll just give you the results that we do have. Friday night, the action got underway. Manchester Rangers beat Rochdale Mayfield 8 in a very tight match at the regional arena by 10 points to 8. The rest of the results were, were on Saturday. In Division 1, Folly Lane went down to Hindpool Tigers by 34 points to 18. In Division 4, Wollstone Rovers A36, Lang with the Reds 16, Little Hulton Reds 6, West Horton Lions 24, Runcorn 35, Manchester Rangers A22 In Division 5, Blackbrook A12, Berry Broncos A38, 
Blackpool Stanley 64, Bolton Met 6 and Wigan Springview 52, Saddleworth Rangers a nil. The fixtures for this week, there is one game midweek in Division 3, that's Crossfields A against Oldham St. Anne's A, that's on Wednesday night the 13th of September. The rest of the fixtures are on Saturday the 16th. Division 1, Folly Lane play Wigan St. Patrick's A. Division 2, Manchester Rangers play Widnes Tigers. Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's A play the Wigan St. Cuthbert's. Division 4, Caddy's Ed Rhinos play Runcorn and Division 5 Aspel New Springs against Bolton Mets Berry Broncos A against Halton Farm with Hornets A and Saddleworth Rangers A against Blackbrook A well, there wasn't much news to bring it in the Northwest Youth Leagues. Quite a lot of games postponed and quite a few no results at the weekend. But some good news for Langwithit under 11s. They beat Haydock by 26 points to 18. And Folly Lane's under 15 side hammered Charlie by 52 points to nil. So two big wins there for, uh, for those youth sides. The fixtures for this Sunday in the Youth Leagues. There's just three. In the under 16s, Division 1, Lee East play Oldham St. Anne's. Dalton play Saddleworth. And in Division 2, Folly Lane play Charlie. Before we go this week, two little snippets of news for you. We've just been going through the uh, the under 16s team. As I said last week, Wales beat England at under 16s level. But Matthew Jones uh, from Anglesey, who's had experience with Lee Minor Rangers, has signed scholarship terms for Salford Red Devils in the under 16s. So we wish Matthew all the best of luck in the future. And uh, a bit of women's rugby league now, finally. The Women's Amateur Rugby League Association is seeking head coaches and managers for both Lancashire and Yorkshire ahead of the 2018 Origin game. Applicants for the coaching roles must be qualified to level two as a minimum and as with the appointed managers be DBS checked. The closing date for applications is Saturday the 30th of September. CVs should be emailed to WARL Secretary Steve Manning at D underscore Manning at blue yonder dot co dot UK and you can also be called on O double seven five seven six two six five nine five. That's all the amateur news this week. Don't forget Salford Red Devils back in action on Friday night. A really tough away trip to Headingley. I shall see you there. Salford Red Devils travel to Headland and face Leeds Rhinos on Friday night, Paul. It's going to be a tough game, Leeds away. Yeah, certainly is, Rob. It's, um, I won't say it's my favourite away game, but it's, it's always one to get excited for, just in case we pull off the impossible, because it's special if you win there, isn't it, Rob? You know, two wins in 40 years. So, um, so yeah, you always sort of go there hoping something magical is going to happen, and nine times out of ten, it's... He doesn't. We always seem to save one of our worst performances of the season for Leeds, don't we? But no, not this season. I thought earlier in the season we did really well there. We were very unlucky. I thought we, we took a few wrong decisions, and I think they they scored a try off a, a really forward pass, didn't they? We were dead unlucky to come out with nothing from that game. We played well, but the way we played against Huddersfield, I'm expecting that you know another confident performance. And you know, I think Leeds are second now, guaranteed second. So whether they'll take the foot off the gas, I doubt it. But uh, the way we played against Huddersfield, I think we can more than give Leeds a game. Yeah, the win last week, Richard. You know, confidence is back up now, hopefully. Uh, we travelled to Leeds. They're going for second, like Paul said. No pressure on us. We can go there, you know, express ourselves. And who knows, might even get a result. 
I think that's what we're hoping for. We've got, we've got to just express ourselves. We've got to, we've got to keep it tight first, first twenty, like we did against Hud. Scored, score a couple of times if we're lucky. Um, but this this Leeds team are, are looking good, aren't they? So we've just got to make sure we, we keep it tight early doors, and then and then look to to, to play a bit more expansive. Um, Confidence-wise, yeah, we'll have been uh, a lot lot better than the last few weeks. So hopefully, yeah, we can go and do something against Leeds. Uh, maybe, maybe they'll take the foot off the gas a bit with the, their eye on the uh, the semis being guaranteed second. So maybe we can uh, we can take advantage of that. But uh, it's going to be a tough game either way. Yeah, no south stand, Paul. Then you'll have to figure that out, Leeds. They are relying on that south stand. You know, a lot of Leeds fans in there making loads of noise. Kind of influencing referees' decisions, things like that. Without them, might be a different game. Yeah, I think one thing I've noticed over the years, and even to Edinburgh, it's not just the game you've got to win; you've got to win the occasion. Because you know, there's always a big crowd there. They've always got that Wally playing a trumpet in the south stand, haven't they? They just got the atmosphere, haven't they? And, you know, perhaps we'll struggle without that south stand. But it's a get, it's a ground where you've got to go to, and you've got to be confident. You know, I've seen Salford teams in the past. You know, knows how long go there. And the ten points down before they come out, aren't they? And we always get to a bad start, you know, first set of six, we drop the ball or something and lead score. So it's pivotal, you come out and you you know, you look yourself in the eye before you come out and you know, get in the faces, you know, make them make the mistakes, tackle hard, run hard and you know, put pressure on them because they're human beings, aren't they? They're gonna make mistakes. Let Leeds have an easy ride far too many times at Edinburgh, but like I said, without that south stand and that confidence from last week, I think we can go there and uh, and a challenge, definitely challenge, and obviously we're not going to finish in that top four. I don't think now without a miracle, but it'd be fantastic to, to finish the season with with a couple of wins, and if we can beat Leeds and St Helens. I think that'd be a massive boot. Probably paper over that. So, uh, so yeah, we can change your backing out for. Um, Parcel looked good when we played. He, uh, he was around the rook. He was he was a live wire. I think we've got to keep our eye on him. Maguire controlled the game as well. He, he kicked a forty twenty or two, didn't he, against us last time? Um, but uh, yeah, I'd look I'd look to try and control that rook and, and just keep him keep him as far down their side of the pitch as possible. Uh, I think that, that's where the game's won and lost. I suppose it's the changing of the guard in a way. Paul lead side to getting a little, you know no more Sinfield, no more Peacock. You know, they're kind of changing out there in a way. Could this be the year they don't make it and we, we beat them? Yeah, no, I mean, the halfbacks for the cast game last week, they had Danny McGuire, he's knocking on a bit now. I think he's leaving to go to OKR, I think, next season. And uh, Jordan Lillard, the young lad there, I mean, he's only he's only young. I've not been that impressed when I've seen him, to be honest. That's no disrespect to the lad. I mean, you know, he's only learning the game. But I've not been that impressed with Leeds' pack this season, to be honest. I think, you know, it's a pack we could get on top. It's just a shame we've not got Mark Flanagan, Ramatazzi and Lee Mossop, you know, those three big men there, because if I had those three playing, I'd be a lot more confident. But uh, I think with Leeds, it's the outside backs as well. I mean, I've been very impressed with the, the young fullback Jack Walker and all their disco blokes. And it's particularly Ryan Hall. He always seems to, to do well against us, doesn't he? He's a very, very strong runner. And like I said before, though, I mean, it's like, like Rick said, he's, he's, he's about getting off to a good start in the crowd. That's funny feeling we're going to win on Friday. Give us your score prediction for the game on Friday, Rick. Uh, I think we'll need to score a few because uh, I, think, I think Leeds will keep going for a... Uh, 36 22 to us. 36 22 Reds. How about you, Paul? What's your uh, score prediction? You wrote it down this week, or are we going off the fly? Yeah, getting the league express out. Good. Uh, I'm going for Leeds 14, Salford 27. 14 27. I dropped my bingo balls, by the way. Broke it. Fell off the table. Go Just on. do it off the top of your head, then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to <laughs> go. I could do every week. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go. Uh, Leeds. 
6, Salford. 30. 30 points to 6, Salford. Feeling it'll be one of the nights to remember. Only for if, we beat Leeds, if we beat Leeds 30 points to 6, I'll walk home. You think you'll walk home? <laughs> 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 yeah, only 400 Salford fans, you know, because of the South Stand being demolished. You know, it'd be one of them where I, where I was there moments, you know, like when City yeah. was at Blackburn and there was about 100,000 on the hill outside. Be a bit like that, I think. Be a bit like 2009 when we won there, Rob. That was a special day. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. That. I, did a, I did a little jig down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> and we won it at the end there. I, think, I can't believe we got the interception try. Was it Jordan? Jordan Turner, Jordan, yeah. Jordan Turner got interception, didn't he? Yeah, yeah that was post. great. Really red hot day, wasn't it? Easter Monday. Yeah. What a day that was. Yeah, people were all men in tears after the game. Uh, it, was. It, it was. was. it was. It was emotional because obviously we've been to Leeds a few times, haven't we? And we've seen, yeah. you know, been the wrong end of an hiding, so... You know, getting getting one win like that, especially because the conditions are so great as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, brilliant times, brilliant day. I remember coming out, I remember coming out on the ground, and the first thing my dad said to me, "Get on the ground, do you want ice cream?" There's, there's an ice cream man, you know, near that cricket pitch there. So we just sat, we just sat on the curb outside having an ice cream, which while all these lead supporters walked past us, their heads down. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> it was close, wasn't it? When, when we went to Leeds uh, this season, yeah, it was, was it was a couple it of forward right? passes away. 20 yeah, points to 14 back in February seems a long time ago yeah, but yeah they, they scored with a breakaway and, and probably two forward passes to score that so I think, uh, I think it was in 14 apiece and we tried yeah. to kick a goal didn't we we went to from a penalty goal didn't we we tried and kick a goal later on was it 14-20 it was something like, like that wasn't it and, but O'Brien missed I think didn't he and they went down the other end and scored that, that try from that forward pass it was yeah. a forward pass as well wasn't it yeah, yeah it was yeah 2014 yeah, yeah I've had yeah. a few close ones there I remember one in um, 2002 we were losing, I think it was about 20, oh, about 28, 12 at half time. We were getting hammered and we stood behind the goals at the scoreboard. And it was in the days when you could change ends. And I remember changing ends at half time and being at the other end. And, um, you know, where that stand is now, it used to be like a, a, an old Carver Carnegie stand now, whatever that clock. And we got it back to 38 apiece. Yeah. And, um, oh, it was, it was tremendous scenes. I was talking to a lead supporter and he was saying, Why are you so excited? So we've not won here since 1977. I said, this is going to be our year now. Anyway, I think Adrian Bowles, I think, for Leeds dropped the ball. And it should have been a scrum, and it wasn't. He played on, and Cynthia went down the other end and dropped a goal. Yeah, from the halfway line. <laughs> from the last 30 line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I know how them full care supporters feel. But, uh, yeah, we've had a few, we've had a few hammerings, haven't we, Rob? But we've had a few close ones as well. It'd be a message sender. If we can beat Leeds, you know, it'd be a good, it'd be a good, good way to finish the season, I think. So that's the end of the podcast. Before we go, um, it's time to start talking Player of the Year for the podcast, Paul. Uh, we've had some great performances so far, and it's going to be a tough choice, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, we've had some memorable games, Rob, haven't we, this season? Memorable away trips, certainly. And uh, yeah, some great victories and some good memories, haven't we? We've had some good newcom- newcomer players, you know, lads that have come in, Chris Wellham, Chris Bryan in. You know, uh, Lamatazi's come back as well, so there's a lot there, and there's a lot on the player of the year as well, the youngsters. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting poll. Yeah, it's been hard to choose, Rick, you know, who we should nominate as our shortlist, because, you know, as a team and as a squad, you know, they've been fantastic, apart from the last eight games, but we can put that down to fatigue and tiredness and learning, you know, the new way in the top eight, but, you know, we could be proud of what they produced. Definitely. We thought we've had a lot of consistent performance and uh, it's going to be a tough choice, isn't it? That, uh, that player of the year could be uh, could be a number of them. You could have had more than five, I think. The, the young player of the year nominations. Um, Chris Brining, Paul, been fantastic all season and been nominated as a, a young player of the year for us. 
Yeah, definitely. We said about Chris before, didn't we? In coming up and. You know, when we saw him playing for York, I watched quite a few videos of him last season. He looked, he looked really good. He looked mustard for York, but I thought he's going to take him time to, to, to step up two leagues. But he, he didn't really. He saw, you could see straight away that he had something. He had, he had that spark, didn't he? And uh, I think he's, he's done well as the season's gone. He's progressed every week, and uh, he's turning into a really good player. And he's well deserved to be up there. And like Rick said before, he's up for the Albert Goldfarb Rookie of the Year award as well, which is a prestigious award. So hopefully, there's a bit of luck he'll win that as well. Yeah, another young player nomination of the year, Rick, is Jake Bibber. Uh, some great performances from him uh, throughout the season and uh, well worth the nomination. He's, yeah, he's been another consistent one, hasn't he? And chipped in with some important tries. Um, only very young as well and uh, he's, he's a big lad. I think Paul said he's not the, the fastest, but uh, he's certainly filled the gap when, uh, and I think uh, primarily a centre, but he's filled it on the wing. He's never let anyone down and uh, he's, he's well worth the vote him. Yeah, next one up is Ryan Landon, Paul. You know, some great performances for him, only young, but, you know, improved as the season's gone on, showed some great skill. Yeah, he certainly has. He runs his blood to water, does Ryan Landon. He's, uh, you know, when he speaks to me and Watson, he Watson talks very highly of him, and he's got a fantastic engine on him. And he, he does, he really, really works hard, and I think he's come on a lot this season, and I think you'll be seeing a lot more of Ryan Landon next season. Yeah, and the final one is uh, Dan Murray. Uh, Rick, you know, he's putting some good performances when he's got on the field. Big lad, uh, got a great future, and uh, I think he's worth that nomination. Yeah, he's, he's big and he's really big lad, uh, but uh, not short of skill either. He's uh, he's not afraid to offload, and uh, he goes in with confidence. He put he puts a lot of confidence on the team as well. He doesn't look intimidated by anybody, probably because of his size, but uh, never takes a backward step. Another one who gives hundred percent. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's well deserved his uh, his nomination. Yeah, um, looking at the new players, the best newcomer. Uh, Paul for 2017 uh, Chris Brining nominated again yeah certainly you can't argue with that at all Chris has been uh, he's got a bit of that X factor about him Chris hasn't he? he's a special player he's an exciting player to watch he reminds me a bit of a sort of a young James Roby the way he runs and you know the way he has that spark and for, uh, the dummy half they're a good distributor of the ball and as I said before on the, the podcast he's, he's a good defender and you know he's not the biggest bloke in the world but he's a, he's a really strong lad and uh, and yeah, he's he's well well deserves that award. I've been very very impressed with Chris. Yeah, uh, next one is Manu Vatai. Uh, Ryan, you know he's Ryan, not Ryan. Rick, <laughs> Rick. Yeah, he's uh, he's hello, hello, Rick. Yeah, Manu Vatai, come in, put on, put up some good performances and uh, nominated for the best newcomer. Yeah, I think. Uh He's, he, he took a, a week or two, didn't he, to settle in, uh, flying all the way off, over from New Zealand. He came with a big um, reputation as well, and hopefully um, we'll we'll see it in the last next few games anyway. That uh, he's he's able to live up to that. He's he's scored the last few games and uh, showed a lot of promise, and, and his go forwards are amazing from from uh, from a defensive and a, an offensive point of view. He's he's uh, he's a big unit. He's also pretty quick over the ground and. Hopefully, just uh, get used to conditions over here, and he'll be uh, he'll be really good for us next season. But uh, yeah, certainly one to one to one to look for. Yeah, another newcomer um, is Tyrone McCarthy. Uh, Paul, he's been nominated as well. You know, putting some great performances, uh, claiming that red shirt so far. Yeah, he's, he's quite an all-action sort of player, isn't he, Tyrone? He's chipping with a few tries as well. A very very energetic, very athletic, good defender, and. Uh, He's one of those, like I said before, he's he's very versatile sort of player. He can play in a number of positions, and you know if you're going to do things, he's the sort of bloke you need in your squad. 
you know, it's a, it's a tough game. There's a lot of rounds in Super League and the Challenge Cup as well. It, it's tiring on squads, isn't it? And when you've got guys like Tyrone, you can fill in a number of positions and have that versatility. And uh, I think yeah, I think you need them. So I think you'll be a valuable member of the squad next season. Yeah, Lamatazzi coming back from Settlers, nominated as our newcomer of the year. Uh, Rick, you know, he's done a good job and he's well worth that nomination. Yeah, definitely. Uh, two seasons ago, when he was uh, when he was um, in, in Salford Colours, he he played really well. Obviously, got the move to Saints. Didn't quite happen, but he's come back and uh, and looked at every every bit of the player he was uh, two seasons ago. So uh, he's he's been a big loss as well, hasn't he? Since he's been out injured, but uh, well worth the nomination for the newcomer. Yeah, and then finally, uh, Chris Welland, Paul nominated for newcomer of the year. Uh, scored some good tries for us. Played well in the season. You know, definitely worth the nomination. Yeah, certainly has Chris. <coughs> Excuse me, I've been very impressed with Chris. Uh, Chris Wellham. He's he's done well. He, he sort of um, the other end of the season he had that link up with Greg Johnson. And I think he fed Greg for a few tries there, and then a, a bit of a partnership going. And I think he'll be the first one. I bet he's formed it a bit in the middle of the season. I think his defence was a bit a bit shaky at times, but he's worked on stuff, and I think he's worked hard to to get back into the side. I think he lost his place a couple of times, but. He's worked hard, Chris, and he shows he's got a good character. I mean, we spoke to him a few times, haven't we? He's a, he's a lovely lad and a very talented player as well, so uh, I think he's, he's well, well deserved that, uh, that award. Yeah, so that's the, the Newcomers of the Year Award nominations there, Paul, and uh, now we'll go on to the, the Players Award um, for the podcast. Uh, tough competition here, Rick. There's loads of uh, good you know players who are putting good performances. There is um, nearly every week. You look at the team sheet and you think, uh, you know, always oh, he's a good player, he's a good player, he's a good player. And it's credit to Salford themselves to to say that we can actually field a, a team no matter uh, what the injuries are. So uh, this is going to be a really hot, hotly fought contest. I think. Yeah, let's start uh, with Craig Cop, Jack Raining, um, supporters player of the year for the podcast. Another great year for him, Paul. Certainly, yeah, yeah. I think one thing. One word that sums up Craig for me is like his attitude. He's got a fantastic attitude and fantastic work ethic. He's a very honest player as well. When we spoke to him, he's always been really honest with us and he wants what's best for the team. And sometimes you can see how frustrated he gets when we don't perform. And yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great leader. And like I said before, I think he's a good shout for, for captain next season. But he's never took a backward step this season. He's been very, very consistent. I mean. He never really has a bad game, does he? he? Never has a bad twenty minutes. Craig Copjack really is. He's always up there and doing doing the work and taking the ball. And so, so yeah, you can't speak highly enough of Craig. Yeah, he's kind of our pack leader, isn't he, um, Rick? And, and you know, he's well worth that you know nomination. Obviously, winner last year. People might think after two years, has he got a, no another great performance in him with the games to come to cement that second win? Yeah, I think he has. I think he's got uh, he's got everything on he. Um as a you one from a prop and uh, also a, a captain so I, I can't see uh, I can see he's, he's very going to be very hard to beat he's uh, so consistent and uh, every time he pulls it on he, he goes 100% doesn't he so uh, yeah he's he, certainly one of the favourites to, to get it yeah next nomination Paul is uh, Rob Louis fantastic throughout the season um, one of our most creative players and uh, definitely in with a shout of being a supportive player of the year yeah, I thought Robert struggled a bit last season. Um, I think he was carrying injuries, wasn't he? He picked up a few injuries last season and his knees sort of played him up a bit. But this season, he's he's looked a totally different player. I think his, his partnership with Michael Dobson really flourished earlier in the season. At times, he, 
he looked unplayable, didn't he? You know, with his, his skip there, his sidestep, he's been re a real handful for defences. He's been a pleasure to watch. You know, some of his offloading, his passing, um, I think he's created a whole host of tries, hasn't he? And he's, he's a very exciting player to watch, Robert Louis. And yeah, he's another one who's, who's probably going to be hard to, to vote against. Yeah, I suppose this year, uh, Rick, he's, he's built that uh, confidence in him. Like you said, last year was a bit scratchy, but this year he's come, you know, to a different level and, and he's carried this team, you know, to bigger and better heights. Yeah, I think last season he was uh, he was on stumps near the end, wasn't he? He, he had no legs left, uh, bless him. But uh, this year he, he looked fresh. The, the first week we saw him, first couple of weeks, he looked uh, he looked brand new player, and uh, he's carried that on all the way through the season with. Uh, with Dobbo as well, they formed a really formidable uh, half-back partnership, and uh, that's probably the re one of the reasons why he's got uh, he's got nominated because he's again another consistent performer and uh, you know moments of brilliance and set, set him apart. So uh, yeah, I think he's, he's going to be a good nomination. Yeah, talking about Dobson, he's the next one to be nominated for uh, podcast player of the year. Paul, you know our general gets us around the field. You know what a performance this season from him. Oh, Michael Dobson has been tremendous this season he? tremendous last season Rob um, he's he's the general isn't he on the pitch and the amount of games he's won for us with his with his game management and the way the way he can close the game down and he, just the what he does in defence as well the, how hard he works he's got such a terrific engine on him you'll see him charging back racing back to tackle he's oh, he, 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 you know my, my vote's going don't you Rob I'm, I'm not going to keep it a secret can't, can't, can't influence the vote <laughs> he, he definitely I know you're not supposed to tell people who you voted for but he's, he's my vote Michael Dobson I've been so impressed with him and I just think it's, a, it's really unfortunate that he's, he's got injured and he's not had the chance to sort of have his farewell game on the pitch you know for people to, to say goodbye to him really because he got injured at a pivotal part of the season and I think perhaps that's why our form's dipped a bit really but, uh, but yeah that's, that's just one of those things I suppose but Michael Dobson won't be we remember for, for the injuries and that will be remembered for the great performance he's put in this season yeah he's kind of our general Rick um, gets us around the field the major cog in, in our engine and you know for this nomination it's he, he, well deserved for me yeah and me and me uh, I think uh, every week he's played he's uh, he's been up up there with man of the match and he's again another consistent performer and it's, uh, it's a shame we're, we're going to miss him next season and uh like Paul was saying, is it? It's going to be a shame that we can't see it. Send him off, um, you know, with him, with him having the injury. So uh, hopefully uh, he'll he'll be able to pull on a shirt again next season. But uh, unfortunately, it won't be for us. But uh, well deserved nomination. He's been brilliant this season. Yeah, next one to be nominated is Ben Murdoch Masala. Paul, you know, a fantastic uh, player in the second row, full of power, full of pace. You know, um, you know what a performance from him, and well worth that nomination for podcast player of the year. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's funny because I remember speaking to Ben after the the Rochdale Arnix friendly. I think it was in January. He was walking out the ground there, and uh, he looked a bit weird. He, he was on on crutches, I think, or he had like a, he was struggling with his leg anyway. And um, I sort of said to him, "Oh, good luck. Hope to see you soon." And he sort of smiled at me as if to say, "You know, I might not be be back for a while." And that was a big injury he had that one, and he, he came back from that. And I think he came back early, really, didn't he? And came back into the side and. Oh, he ripped into it, didn't he? His try scoring was phenomenal, and there were there were times in the season where he looked absolutely unstoppable, unplayable. Remember the Castleford game at, at the AJ Bell, where we beat Cass, and he came up with two tries that day. And, and you know, Cass were flying at the time, but they couldn't handle him, could they? He was just uh, 
he was just tremendous and he's, he's struggled with injuries hasn't he as the season's gone on which has been unfortunate but you know he's, he's been a massive part massive part of us going forward and a massive part of the, some of the victories we've, we've put this season yeah one of our most uh, attacking threats like Paul said uh, Rick you know teams know that and they, they kind of you know set up to try and stop him but you know not many teams have he shows plenty of pace plenty of power and you know passion and you know that's what that's what you do if you get nominated for the uh, the players uh, player of the year you show that you might win yeah he's uh, for me he's been one of the, the exciting times when you see, you see him you see his name on the team sheet uh, every week and you think yeah that's you know big teams are going to have to think and worry about what Ben's going to do uh, during the game whether you can do anything to stop him is a different matter but uh, they'll put plans in place to try and stop him uh, but he's, he's been he's been fantastic created a lot of excitement as well you know seeing him as a battering ram in the last 10-15 metres and he's crashed over more often than not he's uh, he's brilliant uh, brilliant player so hopefully he'll stay injury free for next season as well so we can we can uh, we can see him again uh, but uh, he's well worth a, well worth the nomination yeah, and the final nomination for podcast player of the year is Niall Levels, Paul. Um, great fullback, slots in when needed, um, scores great tries. What a player. Yeah, certainly. He's probably one of the best support players in the club and probably one of the best support players in the league. Niall Levels, he's, uh, he's pace off the mark, he's outstanding. And sometimes you can, what I always watch when he fields a kick at fullback, Nine times out of ten, he, nine times out of ten, sorry, he beats the first man, doesn't he? And you know he, he'll get caught in the end goal area, but sometimes he, he'll, he'll sort of work his way out. One when he's got that sort of step, and I'm not going to compare it to Sam Tompkins, but he has that sort of running style that Sam has. You know that low sort of sense, sense of gravity, the way he runs, and yeah, he's a smashing player. And I love. It's very exciting to watch, and uh, you know, a player that has that that sort of X factor. But just while we're on players of the year, I, I know. Um, I'm just going to mention Mark Flanagan as well. I mean, I don't think he's made our uh, mm. our list there, has he? But I think he's had a really good season until he got injured. So I think he, d- he deserves a mention. And uh, I don't know if we can perhaps squeeze him in there, Rob. But I think he's been one of the major major parts of, of our dipping form. I think losing Mark Flanagan. So um, he's another one that I probably would have been been sticking up for because I thought he was superb until he got injured. I'm o- I'm open to amend this list. Mark Flanagan, you know, works hard. He's a, he's a leader of that team you know he's an inspiration you know what I might add him to this what do you reckon Rick? well perhaps we sort of forgot him there I don't know whether we forgot him because he's he's been out for a, for a while now hasn't he and, uh, mm. but if you think back to all the things we were doing good earlier on the season when we had that winning run Mark Flanagan was as to quote Ian Watson the glue that held our side together and he was link, he was the link between attack and defence wasn't he Mark and you know some some of the, the stuff he was doing. You know his defence, his tackles. If you could go back through the stats of the season, he was the top tackler in a lot of the games, and he was creating things as well, wasn't he? So we have we have missed him an, an awful lot. I think I don't think he can sort of put a value on how much we've missed him, really. Yeah, this isn't the axe factor, this Rick. So we're going to keep Flanagan, so no one loses a chair. We just add him to the list. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that's a very good shout. Yeah. A very good shout. But yeah, he, like Paul says, you know, before he got injured, he was the glue that stuck this team together. And, you know, yeah, we'll add him to the list. Good idea. Cool. So that was the end of, of all our nominations for uh, Podcast Player of the Year. I'm going to put a poll out uh, online later in the next couple of days for you to uh, choose your winner. And we'll uh, tell you who won last, uh, next week. Well, that's the end of another podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it, Rob. Really enjoyed it. Some good chat tonight with Rick and yourself, and 
Yeah, excited for Friday night in Leeds, you know, sometimes miracles do happen, don't we? So uh, I'm looking forward to going there on, on Friday night, can't wait. Yeah, big thanks for coming on the show this week, Rick. Another great show, lots of uh, entertaining soul for a devil's chat. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, guys. Yeah, it's been really good. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. Cheers. Big thanks for everyone who tuned in to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. I've been Rob Parkinson, and we'll see you next week. Four hours a day. Live. Radio contact.